Hey, Super Legends, welcome to another episode of Sales Superstars. Boom! I'm excited. I've got Lisa Barry. Lisa is an incredible human, an incredible soul, and is just doing some amazing things in her coaching business. So in the first year, she went from $52,000, and in her next year, actually not even a full year, in 10 months, to over a million dollars, so hitting seven figures. So I want that to just settle in for a second. So... $52,000 to over seven figures, to over a mil, which is just incredible. So oh, what I loved about our conversation before, during, after is, man, she's just extremely motivating, inspiring. I know that you guys are gonna enjoy this episode. So before we get into it, if you need any help finding and winning your next job, make sure that you hit me up. Or if you need help communicating your value and articulating your skill set make sure that you hit me up or if you need help to elevate your personal brand you've guessed it hit me up enjoy the episode i just want to say a massive welcome to lisa barry how are you i'm great how are you, I am are absolutely, you great? i'm absolutely awesome absolutely awesome so, do you know what? Like we first met, I think it was October, November last year on a virtual like NLP like summit with Tony K. Absolutely love Tony K. And one thing that really stood out for me is your energy throughout the whole like five days. It's um I think as you know, energy is like contagious. And like, I see like your social media and you are just you're just rocking it like all the time. It's just I love that. So that allows other people to be able to, you know, to be themselves and, and to rock out. So I just really appreciate you for, for coming on as well. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. And um, I think that's one of the things that I was drawn to with you too, Dre. Um, because, you know, anytime the dance cam would come on, we'd be there like just going all out. And this is the thing though, in any training, like whatever we put in is what we get out. And I think a lot of people hide behind their mask. They hide behind, oh, what should I show? What shouldn't I show? But, you know, when you allow yourself to completely be authentic or be your full self, then that's when people are attracted to you. And it's just crazy because often what people perceive to be themselves or what they think people, they want people to perceive them to be, that creates a disconnection. So the thing that we're looking for is to be able to belong. Yet when we are ourselves, that's when we belong the most. So it's, it's great to be able to connect in that way. Okay. So my first question, have you always been like this? Have you always no. been full of energy? No. Well, I've always been full of energy, but I wore masks with energy. Um, you know, it was being able to be a chameleon, so be able to fit in and shift different things. And I think that is a great quality skill to have. However, when it comes to congruency and feeling truthful and honest with myself, that is where that disconnection is created, right? So when we are disconnected with ourselves and we break trust, um, and when we break trust, that feeds into our confidence or self-esteem. And so for me, I've always been someone that would bounce off the walls. So I'd be one of those kids in the morning at high school. I'd be like, good morning, everybody. It's 7 a.m. Everybody's half asleep. I'm like, hey, Jason. Hey, Alden. How are you doing, guys? They're like, Lisa, be quiet. I'm like, what? It's school. Like, aren't you excited? So I've always been someone who loves learning. 
Um, and I think like that was a lot of me coming out of my shell. But then as you know, as we grow and try and fit in and, and be able to achieve certain things, we think we need to do certain or be a certain person in order to get there. So, you know, over a period of time, the masks started to come off a lot more. Um, but, you know, common things like the fear of judgment, the fear of being seen, the fear of being rejected, uh, the fear of not belonging, the fear of not being loved, all of those things were present. And that's where the masks and the different layers come on. So, you know, it, I made it my mission to just start to unveil those, to see who I truly am. And this is, this is one of my biggest teachings in what I do is, you know, the pinnacle of life or what we always aspire to do and be ultimately is the entire point of it is for us to get to know ourselves. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> self-mastery, self-mastery. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We do it through the service and our purpose. We do it through our mission. We do it through our partners. We do it through our family. We do it through our friends or traveling. Any experience is to get to know ourselves even more. And so if that is the purpose or the pinnacle of life, then why not start now? Mm. All right. So can you tell us about your background and I guess give us a brief overview of, you know, like growing up, what that was like until, because you've been like really, I feel really, really successful and I see like everything. It's just, man, it's so, it's so cool. It's really inspiring, really motivating. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Growing up, uh, I'll give you a snippet of growing up. So growing up, I uh, only child uh, in South Africa, came over to Australia when I was 13, hated the country, <laughs> hated really? it. I was like, everybody's so rude. They swear here all the time. They don't respect anybody. Um, you know, South Africa is very diligent in the way that we do things and very studious. So yeah. when I came here, it was completely challenging every belief system, every everywhere that I knew the world to be um, and I found that really challenging to start off with but then what I started to understand was about Australia and the way that it works here is that we're allowed to be all that we are we are given permission to be able to experience the multifacets and the multicultural experience that this beautiful country gives us and so when I was in South Africa although it was very diligent and narrow and I thought that, that's where I learned a lot of my discipline. It was very singular focus, whereas this expanded everything that I knew to be true about the world and myself. Um, and so the beauty of that was possibilities started to open, opportunities started to present itself. Um, so I decided to become an engineer. I did that. An engineer? Before. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did yeah. not expect that. Did not expect that at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people say that. I don't. I don't know why. Um, so they're like, "You really? You're an engineer?" Um, very rude, I think sometimes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I I was an engineer before years. Studied, uh, got first class honors. Did it for four and a half years. Studied my master's in structural and forensic engineering. The thing that I found about it was that it sucked my soul. Um, it was very much, I was just a number, clock in, clock out. 
Um, the culture was very, so super corporate. Hey, how are you going? Yeah, good, you're good. What are you doing today? Let's get the work done. There was no human factor. We weren't able to connect in a certain way. And my boss also didn't know how to drive or inspire me to do better. Um, I, I grew in the position that I got to a point where I was bottlenecked. So they said that I couldn't go anywhere else because I was so good at what I was doing. And yeah, at the same time, I know. Um, and at the same time, I got a lot of, um, because I started to achieve more, there were some men that were, I guess, threatened by it. So they'd start calling me princess and superstar. And um, yeah, I really started to tick on me after a period of time. And I just said to my boss, I said, you know what? Either you talk to them or I do. He said, number one, you're not taking care of the culture. Number two, this is where Coach Lisa started to evolve. Number two, you're not calibrating where we are as individuals. And I said, if you were in this position right now, what would you do? Would you stay in this bottleneck or would you go and find something that really serves you and helps you grow? And he said the latter. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, if, if that's the honest truth, then why should I stay here? Um, so that's when my mission to find something more purposeful happened. And I used to look at athletes and I would watch them wake up at like 4 a.m. in the morning and get so inspired to do what they want to do. And I would feel that passion. And I'm sure like anybody who's listening or, you know, you might have felt this too, Dre. It's like waking up with all this passion inside of you. Like, ah! get it out of me but it's like what is the passion like what is this how do I channel it what do I actually do so and were so, you an athlete were you like a like a runner no, or something or no 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 I just used to watch I just used to watch and I would want to experience that passion in my life but I just didn't know what it was or how yeah. to get there yeah. um, and that's when I went on the personal development journey and so I made it my mission to find exactly what I was passionate about and I stumbled across coaching. So that's where I went to a seminar. It was coaching. They coached me in front of like 200 people. I got on stage. It was oh. incredible. Um, and I made the entire room cry, which is amazing. And I was, it was so profound. And that experience led me to know that this is what I want to do. I want to be able to be at the front line and change someone's life and know exactly how I can tap into what I need to, to transform myself as a human being so that I can inspire others to do the same so that I can be that person of inspiration so that they can do it for others. And that's for me, one of my biggest values is kindness. So how can I inspire kindness movement even more through what I'm doing? And so that's, that's how the, the coaching journey started. I love that. I've still got so many questions, but I want to take it back a bit and like yeah. talk about like your parents and your background because like your environment is, you know, just a big influence. So what were your parents like? And what was that sort of, you know, that influence? like? They were awesome. Like my, yeah. my parents are still together. They're amazing. Um, they've always been supportive. So, you know, I, I had a beautiful upbringing. Um, they, I never was exposed to any violence or arguments or anything like that. They were very clear. They always challenged me to do the best that I can be. I became a high performer. Um, from a coaching perspective, I, I know that like I've unlocked a lot of what actually happened as we do as coaches. So, <laughs> you know, uh, my dad, I was, I was, I was a high achiever because my dad would always say, this is a different way that you could do it. And I took that as me not being good enough. So when mm, I took that yeah. as me not being good enough, that's when the high achiever started to evolve. 
Were so, your parents, sorry, were your parents strict or were they? They gave me an illusion of choice. So it made me feel like they were smart when they did this. So like, you can choose whatever you want between A, B, and C. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, I'm going to choose A. And so I think that was great because it always taught me that I could have whatever I wanted and it helped me believe that. And that's one of the beliefs that I've had since I was young. Whatever I want, I can get. And, and so I always strive to do that. One of the things that I found interesting as I grew up and learned more was understanding what their limitations were or are. And so when I started to look at even from a business perspective, well, what are their money beliefs? What, what are like their caps in terms of what they see as expensive or earning wise, what do they see as like absolutely amazing for a yearly wage? And when I started to listen to that, because remember as kids, when we're growing up, we're getting the subconscious beliefs of yeah. our parents rather than the conscious most basically every single component of it. So my mission then was like, well, what are my, my parents' subconscious beliefs? Because those are my beliefs right now that I need to shift and change so I can break through any limitations that are there. So, you know, my parents brought me up in a beautiful way. They instilled the right values, kindness, you know, contribution, being able to, you know, really excel and do whatever it is that I want and challenge the status quo and have a voice. So I always had that upbringing and that, that that really great foundation the things that I wasn't sure about was well what what are their limitations what are their caps what are their beliefs and one of the things that my dad used to do was always say to me he hates public speaking um he hates public speaking like he always used to complain about every single time that he did it now he didn't know <laughs> that that would influence me but for a long time my engineering job, I quit it twice, the same job twice, because I was too afraid to do a 10 minute presentation in a year, in a year, wow. because really I was so afraid of speaking. Yeah. And it's, and this is why what we share with our kids is so important and what we, we share subconsciously and consciously. And so, you know, even with the money beliefs, like understanding that my dad's cap was around six figures, but early six figures and my mom's wasn't even six figures. So when I learned that, I knew that my cap would be there. So I needed to understand what the cap was so I could break through that. Okay. And how did you go about breaking through that? Because that's really powerful. And to you actually to be so self-aware to, to do that, that's not very many people know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. So first step of solving anything is awareness, yeah? So understanding what it is. Then it's it's about challenging the belief. So, well, is it true that that is my cap? Because one of my limitations was I'm the only person in my entire family that has created a business. So the really? mentality, yeah. yeah. Um, the mentality, I was the only entrepreneur. So the, the mentality of my entire family and extended family is that you got to get a job. you got to stay in the job. You've got to, like, you know, the standard get a job, get a good job, get a well paying job, stay there for like the rest of your life um, because then you're going to get a good um, retirement package. And so that that's literally what it was. And when I decided to do coaching, my family came at me and they were like, you know, why would you give up and throw away your entire degree? I said, well, I'm not 
I'm not throwing it away. In fact, I'm using it because it developed my thinking. Um, so I think, you know, when it came to breaking through that cap or that limitation, firstly, I needed to be aware of what it was I was breaking because often people are like, I just want to break through this, but they don't know what it is. We need to understand what the surface is so that we can leverage off that and take the first step. So that was the first thing. The second thing was, is it true or not? Right. Is it true or not that this is a limitation? And if it was my parents, what do I then choose? Number three, what if it's not true and that's not the limitation because there's other reference points of so many people doing beyond that, then what is true for me? What do I choose to believe? And then generally between those two steps, what happens is there's an emotional charge. So it, it could be like, I'm not worthy enough or I'm not good enough or I, there's an emotional stimulation between that, which we need to collapse. So that collapsing of that emotional attachment, it's not a logical, it's an emotional attachment is when we break through and, and allow ourselves to become limitless in that space. I love that. So I know that there'll be a few coaches. Actually, there's probably going to be a lot of coaches watching this because <laughs> uh, we know, we know so I'm sure like half of my Facebook is full <laughs> of like, coaches. So yeah. is there any advice that you'd give to, you know, like coaches that are absolutely sort of, you know, like struggling? Because I think the, the percent, there's only like 4% that make it to say like six figures or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's my niche it's exactly what I do I help coaches literally create their six figures in their business so the first thing is whenever we're starting out know that fear is going to be there um, fear is always going to be present whether you choose to do it or not fear is still going to be there because fear uncomfort uncertainty doubt all of those things are there as long as you're growing and one of our biggest values as coaches is that we're ever evolving and, and growing and learning. So the avoidance of fear is counterproductive because fear is really there to support us as our guideposts in moving forward. So the first thing is to understand that fear is going to be there. We need to lean into those moments. Wherever resistance goes, that's where we need to flow within, right? So, so the first acknowledgement is that fear is going to be there. The second thing is you're not going to believe in yourself fully because you haven't got evidence points of the past. And so what a lot of people do when they make a decision to step up and step into something in their business or take on a new client or take on a coach or whatever it may be, they go, oh, well, reference points from the past shows myself that I haven't followed through or that I haven't done the best that I can be or that I failed here or that my family didn't support me or I got rejected. So using the past to make a decision for the future and they stay living in the path in the past and so what they do is you know they get into a car and you imagine this on a highway they get into a car and they keep looking in the rearview mirror to make a decision but if we keep looking in the rearview mirror guess what yeah. we're gonna crash right yeah. i love that yeah so true so the the importance of using the past is momentary decisions it's not to look at it for a long period of time so <clears throat> when i make a decision to move forward into the future i go well what will my future self want me to do right now if I were to think about five years from now the woman that I am how would she handle and take on this decision or challenge and what would she tap into and what beliefs would she have because I know that when we first starting out our belief isn't a hundred percent 
You just, all you need to do is trust and believe that you will find a way. Mm. Not the belief in self. And so many people are like, you need to believe in yourself. And you're like, yeah, but the evidence points, right? Confidence doesn't come before the action. Confidence comes after the action. So we acquire it by doing and acting in the space. So when people expect themselves to feel everything that they need to feel right now and go, yeah, I'm feeling empowered. Now I'm going to make a decision. They're waiting for that moment of I feel ready. It's just like, it's, can I swear on this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bullshit. It's just bullshit, right? Because you just keep yourself back in the fear, right? You keep yourself back in the fear. So you've got to know that you, all you need to believe when you first start out is believe that you'll find a way and do whatever it takes. Willingness to find a way is all you need. Everything else can be supported by your coach. Everything else can be supported by the systems and the structure. So the first thing is knowing that fear is there. The second thing is believing and, and having a willingness to find a way. And the third thing is, well, find a system or a program or a coach. Like, Dre, you're amazing. Like, find a coach that tells you exactly the how-to. So the certainty that you have to try and figure everything out on your own is taken away. So that all you need to do is act and build the confidence and build the trust, right? So those three steps are the main things that I teach everybody on a consistent basis. And when it comes to limiting beliefs, it's the same thing. Like you're going to feel fear. Say, for example, you're any coach that's watching this, you're now as a result of that going, hey, mom, just quick question. <laughs> uh, what's your caps around money? So, you know, maybe don't approach it that way. Just uh, ease her into it. because She's probably going to be like, what? what's going on with you? Um, so <laughs> when, when you have those conversations or when you find out what it is, fear will come up. Um, or when you're wanting to break through, fear will come up and know that that's where you need to lean into, you know, and get explorative. Whenever I feel fear, I will sit here and I will go, okay. Uh, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Why am I feeling overwhelmed? Okay, because I didn't prep enough for whatever the thing is. Okay, I didn't prep enough. That's okay. Uh, Maya Angelou says, when you know better, you can do better. So instead of feeling the guilt and the shame around not having done the thing, now you know a different way. Now you can do better. So knowing that, what do I need to support myself with? How can I be kind to myself? What would I tell my clients to do? I'll do all the things that I tell my clients to do because integrity as a coach is number one. You've got to be integrity. You've got to have integrity. Whatever you're sharing with your clients, you've got to be the person that's doing that too. So the kindness to yourself, the compassion, the empathy needs to be there in combination with the action, the drive, and the volition to do what it takes. And that combination itself is going to take care of so many different things as they come up along your journey. Do you know what? I knew you were amazing, but I didn't know how amazing. <laughs> oh, thanks, so, Ray. <laughs> hey, can you tell us a little bit about your, like, yeah, about your coaching program? So do you only coach women or do you do <laughs> guys as well? I have secret guys <laughs> that are in there. Okay, so Raw Leaders, Real Authentic Women Leading, right? So that's what Raw Leaders stands for. Uh, when a man comes into it, I change it to Raw, R-O-A-R, because they're the lion. 
Um, oh. So I, I moved them into the role leader. And so I do have secret men that, that do work with me, but most of my marketing, I guess, and most of my clients are women. Um, the reason why I, I thought I'd actually attract men, right, to be, to be honest, at the start, because I was an engineer, I was like, right, male dominant place and you know I, I thought that but I just started to attract a whole bunch of women I think it's a combination of being able to use the feminine to empower the masculine rather than coming from a masculine space of creating a business because the thing that I teach is how can we build your business from the inside out and what I mean by that is how can we use everything that makes you you to the truest component your fun your quirk your eccentricness your diligence your drive your direction every every component that makes you you how can we put that into a magical pot and create something that's absolutely unique to you and you thrive and you love and that is where we build your business from not the because i'm not about building your business from the outside in it's about building it from the inside out that's what that's why my clients get the results that they get because it's not about, it's about the authenticity. It's about the rawness of who they are and leading from that space, not fitting into mold, but breaking through that and becoming a woman of distinction. And distinction is, you know, I, there was this poem by Jane Robinson that says, I'm a woman of distinction. You will feel me when I enter the room. And to be able to create that for every single woman in their business is just phenomenal. It's beautiful. Yeah, because you've had some phenomenal results and so have your clients. Because I see it, I'm sure it's like every day, every day or maybe <laughs> like, maybe every hour. I don't know, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, it's incredible. So can you tell us a little bit about your, because I know you're very big into discipline. So can you tell us about your morning routine and if you have a night routine and, and what your day consists of? Yeah, um, awesome. I love this. Time, I love this. What time do you get up? What time do you get up? What time? Yeah, so uh, 4.45, 4.45, uh, and then I wake up, I take a photo of myself, a progress photo, because I like seeing um, the progress of my body and my health happen, and I kind of look at like at this, you know, and, and this is also for coaches, guys, when you, when you are brushing your teeth daily, you don't see the impact of it, but you'll see it over a period of time if you didn't brush your teeth daily. So, you know, there's so many things that we do in life that we just go and do, but we don't stop to just acknowledge the progress. So I look at progress as power. And so, you know, if I'm taking daily photos, then it supports me in doing that. So I'll take the progress photo and then I'll go to F45. I love F45. <laughs> I love it. It's just so fun. And I get to challenge myself. Um, and I get to compete. And I'm really driven by competition. But competition in a way that, if I am, and I kind of use it like a, this sort of metaphor, right? So yeah. um, hand up and hand down. So whoever's above me can support me in moving me up. And I'm, because I've leveled up, I'm able to help the next person rise I love as well. that. I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we saw, right? That's how we saw. So, um, and, and I've got this acronym that I use in my mastermind called strengthening our lines and results. And that's how we saw. And then through doing that sort of process, you know, helping the next person up and then you helping this person. So, you know, at 45, 
I see that all the time. It's like my competition is there and I can see their, their heart monitor and how much calories they're burning. And I'm like, I'll push them so that then I'm pushing myself more. And when I'm pushing myself more, it pushes them. And it's really great. So I do that in the morning, come back, have a cold shower for five minutes. Okay, After yeah. that. Okay. Cold shower, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to hate it. I used to be a cat in water, um, <laughs> in cold water. So now, now I love it though, because it's really, it really, stimulates my body and gets my mind in the right space because again it, it was just a fear it was just uncomfort and wherever i feel uncomfort that's where i go into that's where i lean into okay and you're you're in melbourne is that right yes i'm in melbourne where they have four seasons in one day so it could be winter and you're still gonna have a cold shower yeah yeah. yeah we're in australia so you know the heaters can go on and stuff so <laughs> afterwards anyway so it's great <laughs> Um, then what I do after that is I come downstairs into this office and I write in this journal, um, it's daily yeah. greatness journal. Um, yeah. it's a daily greatness journal. Um, it's awesome. This is really good. I should totally get props for doing this. I get zero commission on <laughs> sharing this, but it's an awesome journal, um, that I go through, um, and it helps it, it prompts me for possibilities and opportunities what I'm grateful for, affirmations, and what my actions are for the day. Then that way I've got clarity around that. Then I prep my team. So I've got a team that works for me. So I check in with the team, respond to emails, comments, and then like start my day in terms of whether I've got group coaching or whether I've got one-on-ones or the mastermind, whatever it may be. Uh, by the end of the day, I will go and do an outside walk because I, I need to walk my little puppy. And also I believe in being outside and just getting sun, even if it's raining, even if it's cold, whatever, I just need to be outside in the elements and ground myself with nature. And then I will read. So I'll have dinner. I'll read. Uh, depending on how I feel, I might watch something uh or i might go to the beach or go dancing or depends on the day of yeah. the week and then i am in bed i read at the moment i'm currently reading i don't have it here it's upstairs um limitless by jim quick which oh, is love jim quick yes love jim quick yeah so i haven't read the book but i've listened listened to the audio yeah he's awesome he's awesome so i'm reading that at the moment and i'll read that i go to bed and then start it again Okay. All right. Tell me what have been like the biggest books that have had like the, or the books have had the most impact on, mm. I guess, on your life. Mm. First one yeah. that changed my life forever. This yeah. is when I had awareness, when I first realized what the world was and brought yeah. gratitude and understanding was the power of now by Eckhart Tolle. Ooh, okay. Yeah. 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 That really challenged my ego. I had to, that took me forever to read that book. So the power of now to really bring presence and gratitude and appreciate what we do have um, and take me out of my ego world and move me into my heart space, my soul world. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit woo woo. <laughs> Not like I don't advertise it, don't share any of it, but there's a little bit of woo in me. So that, that was one of my biggest books. Um, I'm, I'm a really, I went through a lot of uh, vulnerability because I used to be a very masculine woman. And so for me, connecting to my feminine was a huge thing. So I really loved The Way of the Superior Man by David Dito. Um, I love, love, love that book. Really great read. Uh, Brené Brown was a huge one for me as well. So pretty much all of her books. Um, the one thing 
by Gary Keller was really good in terms of strategy and focusing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which it's, it's all about like choosing one thing and focusing on that. So I really love that one. High performance habits by Brendan Brashad. Oh my gosh. You're going to ask me for like five. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> keep going. Uh, keep going. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm, like, I've read that one. I haven't read that one. I've read that one. Literally that one. Yeah. 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 Uh, one of the ones that I'm reading right now as well, um, is by Scott Alford, uh, the nuclear effect. So this is really for coaches to scale from six to seven figures. Um, and so it's, it's a really brilliant book, um, in terms of helping coaches in that space as well, because he specifically niches in coaching. Um, and then limitless by Jim quick, I have got, what do I have on my bedside table? I've got, I always have like five different books depending on how I feel. Um, and I know, I know that there's some people, there's some people like you have to read a book from start to end. I'm like, no, I read by demand. If I'm feeling emotional, I'm not going to want to read like a strategy on how to create a system in my business. I want to read like Freddie Brown and talk about vulnerability and rumbling in courage and being in the arena and like talking about those things, you know, and then there's other times that I want to read a story. Um, so, you know, I, I base it on demand, what I'm feeling in that moment, but at least I'm progressing with whatever it is and I'm honoring that. So I don't not finish the book. I still finish the book. It's just that I allow myself the variety because I'm stimulated by variety. Um, so I want to be able to choose what I want when I want. All right. So I've thought of a question. So you mentioned that you were or used to be very much in your masculine. Mm. And I've got a lot of like female friends um, like, yeah, very successful, you know, go-getters, very driven. And they're a lot of the time they're in their masculine. Is that, do you have any advice for them to be, I guess, more in their, like their feminine and. Yeah. So I, this is before role leaders. So before I started helping female coaches create 10 K months, um, I was niching in, so I niched in leadership before that I niched in relationship coaching around masculine and feminine. Um, so, so one of the things is we've got unresourceful masculine and feminine, and we've got resourceful masculine and feminine. Okay. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's all good. So, um, unresourceful masculine is someone is in their ego. They're just driven. They're power hungry. They are just out to get it and get the results, um, by any means. So if you think about, you know, territorial lions you know kind of going into that space of like whatever it takes this is my den i'm going to mark this territory i'm going to fight for it i'm going to do whatever it takes um then we've got unresourceful feminine so most of the time what happens for masculine women is they're so driven in their masculine that they suppress their their feminine over a period of time what happens is it like squashes in a box 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 to the point where the feminine can't be contained anymore. And so what happens is Pandora's box just explodes and they've got a full array of emotion and they don't know why they're so upset. They don't understand what is going on and just the emotion just implodes or explodes for them. And so what happens is then they have to go into, they're going through a breakdown to go through a breakthrough, but then they keep repeating, repeating that pattern. So it's perpetuating over a period of time. Um, it's not healthy because they're in an extreme unresourceful masculine, and extreme unresourceful feminine. Um, so what needs to shift and what needs to happen is they need to start to relinquish the need for control because you can't control your emotions. 
you can nurture and support and release them in a really beautiful and empowering way, but you can't control them. And so what happens for the masculine is they try and control everything, which suppresses the feminine. The feminine will always speak up. And so a lot of people experience the suppression of the emotions in the form of physical response. So that could be just crying and emotion. It could create a disease. It could create so many different things in your body uh, from that. And people will go like, oh, I just broke my leg or oh, I just got the flu or oh, I just got this as well. It's your body telling you that you need to slow down. Um, so these things happen and that it's, it's coincidence that it's at the period where it's probably the most inconvenient, probably the moment that you're most stressed. Um, and it's because you've suppressed your feminine too much. And so what needs to happen is we need to release in a really resourceful way your emotions that support you instead of having a Pandora box moment to go, okay, well, this is coming up for me right now. How can I fully express it? When we go into expression of motion, emotion, often what people believe is that in order to go through a difficult time, they need time. So they go, oh, I'm going through a difficult time. It's going to take me two weeks to get over this or whatever it may be. So one thing I always challenge with the clients that I work with is your concept of time because time is there to serve a settling of the emotion, which means that if you learn how to settle and integrate the, the learning or the emotion, then the time concept changes in proportion to that. Boom. Do you know what? I was just thinking, just on a personal level, so there's some stuff that I'm going through, and that's, I love that you just said that. It's, um, I love how the universe works as well. So <laughs> I love the message of that. Yeah, so it's, it's, because that time is, is really just to go, well, I just need to honor myself. So if you were in a really vulnerable and honest with yourself space, and allowed yourself to fully express what that is, that means that time period is going to shorten because you're allowing a full expression and emotion. The most successful people are the people that can have not control, but limited in a limitless way of expression of emotion. So what I say by limited, like if I'm feeling really crappy, I allow myself, I give myself a time frame, 90 minutes, you got it. Be unresourceful, scream, shout, complain, whatever, 90 minutes only or 10 minutes only or whatever the time frame I give myself, depending on the magnitude of the thing. And I just give myself a time frame. I go full expression so that I can break through a lot quicker. Um, so this is, this is really good for people living their masculine. They feel like they've got a sense of control there, but it also embodies and allows the feminine to come out. So once we start to access our feminine a lot more and this is for males and females you know once we allow ourselves to access our female uh, our feminine sorry that creative emotion that uncontrollable loving connecting force can empower the masculine to drive from this source rather than driving from ego you drive from heart and instead of going oh my mind's telling me this my heart's telling this well they work together now I've got so many questions, but I know, like, because I'm yeah, just conscious like, of your time because I know how busy you are. So, right, I'll give three more questions. 
So who who have been like the biggest, you know, um, coaches, mentors, like influencers on, I guess, you personally and also like business-wise as well? Yeah. So three that come to mind is Joe Pane. Uh, he, I worked at the Coaching Institute as an event manager for a year and a half. And I was in every single training yeah. like three or four times a week I was in a, a different training so it was really intense so I learned quite a bit very fast and yeah. I met a ton of people um so I know coaching in and out like literally I know coaches brains I know how it works I know what we need to learn and what we need to do he was someone that um he's, he's a good friend of mine now uh, but I would work with him as his event manager, as he facilitated at the front of the room. So although he didn't really mentor me, just watching how he beautifully handles and artistically invites the room to experience everything that they can, it was just, it, it was beautiful. It was like watching a symphony in one person. So I think he was, he was just, he's awesome. He's an amazing man. So he was definitely one of my biggest contributors um, in watching him and seeing him grow and how he handles that. Um, the second person who influenced, I wouldn't say that she's a motivator. Um, she's not someone who motivates me. So someone I worked with directly, it was a coach that started my journey off. So her belief in me was huge. Um, I'm not going to name her name because it didn't end too well. Um, but, you know, when we first started working together, she really believed in me. And all, over a period of time, I started earning more than her in her business. And, Ooh. yeah, that challenged her quite a bit. So, you know, it's one of my biggest lessons uh, to work with anybody. There has to be no ego from the coach you've got to be able to be happy for your client regardless and I tell my clients you I want you to use my success and go I'm gonna overtake her like I want you to do that I want you to like drive and be bigger and better like that for me is my mission my my number one mission for all my clients is their success my number one mission for my business is my client's success like that's my biggest driver um, and I know that's probably one of your questions, so we can go into it a little bit deeper. Um, so, you know, it, it is it is absolutely paramount that they achieve what they need to achieve. And so that was a great lesson, but she did, she did, and this is the thing, I'm super grateful for that experience because she did support me in the belief that I need to truly take off at that time. And then the third one is my coach at the moment, Richmond Din. He's fucking oh. awesome. He's just a powerhouse. Absolutely love him. Love what he does. Um, he's like strategic brain. Uh, I always tell him, I'm like, Richmond, I love your brain. Um, <laughs> so we, we work together. Um, I mean, he's mastermind. I have to do one-on-one -on -one with him. And he's just he's phenomenal. So those are the three people that I would say were, were significant in my life, in what I'm doing. Um, and then I've had lots of different coaches i've had a ton of different coaches because i'm i'm fully someone who lives like you know walks their walk talks their talk uh i think a lot of coaches like oh i want a pro bono coach but i want paying clients no you gotta pay if you want your clients to pay. so i'm i'm i always act the way that i want my clients to act so if i invest in a coach i pay in full and it's like it stretches the hell out of me um, but I'm like, I got to go all in. I got to do this because I want my clients to do that for themselves. And because it means that the commitment is there, it means that the drive is there. 
It means that I'll do whatever it takes. It's not about the financial acquisition as much as it is about the pride that I'll feel after I achieved what I set out to achieve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And what's next for you? What's next? Whew, a lot. <laughs> this year's a massive one. This is a massive one. I my my mission this year is to help 150 coaches really create six figures in their business. Um, so that's my mission. And you know, I've I I don't know what number I'm on at the moment. I think I'm on 20 something. Um, so 20 something so far, um, it's kind of, we're just in March, we're only in March and you've got 20, that's huge. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's been amazing. So that's, that's my mission this year. Um, how that comes to fruition is through, you know, my, and, and this comes back to my driver, my driver used to be money. Um, it used to be that, uh, and it shifted very quickly. Once I started to achieve the financial results, I got to a point where I was sitting there and I'm like, well, it's not this anymore. I'm not driven by the numbers. I'm driven by the people. And so now my driver is to help people live their dream, to truly inspire the extraordinariness with each, within each woman that I work with. Um, to allow the real authentic woman to rise and shine and truly break through that mold. And so when my clients get the results, I am literally on cloud nine. Whenever they get a result, I am literally that bouncing ball when I was in high school. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you did it. That's so good. Um, And it's just, it's a pure excitement because it means that I've literally changed someone's life. Uh, the system that I use works for anybody uh, because so many people are getting the results and it means that I'm, I'm living on purpose. I'm helping them and creating that ripple and they are too because whenever I look at, at inspiring someone, I don't look at that one person. I look at the hundred people behind them that they're mm. going to, to support and change their lives. So I'm helping one person, but that person's helping a hundred people and those hundred people are helping other hundred. And that's how we change the world. And so my, my mission this year and what's on for the rest of the year is to truly expand that vision, to truly allow that to come to life, to bring more people uh, on board as in team members to world leaders, to bring more clients on board to create those ripples. Because I do want 150 clients. I do want to create that not from only a financial acquisition point, but more so from a kindness movement, from creating a movement through what it is that I'm doing. Yeah, I just want to sneak one more question in there as well. So, because you said that you were very driven by money and mm-hmm. like you, you reached your goal. Yeah. So was it a case that you reached your goal and then you were thinking, oh, okay, you know, it's great, I've reached my goal, but I'm not fulfilled. Is that what it was or was it something else or... I got to a point where like I do a 30k sale or I do a 30k day or whatever it may be and sounds horrible sounds horrible (laughs) (laughs) but I wasn't excited about it anymore I'd be like okay yeah I did it it was like buying water you know when you buy water you don't have any like (laughs) emotion around it right because we've we've gotten used to it and it, yeah. it, this is not this is not me boasting in any way, shape, or form. It's me just going, well, that's not my driver, and that's awesome. Like I love that money's not the biggest driver. The biggest driver for me. So so, I know the more money I make, the more people I can help. Mm. Right. So yeah. the the driver's not money. The driver the money is a bonus, and as a result of me doing it. However, 
the the driver is I want to help more people. I want to take three months off. One of my biggest goals is to take three months off and go and trek somewhere for three months and have somebody record me and get donations coming in from me doing something absolutely extreme with my body and and then earning a whole bunch of money through that and going to a hospital and saying, who is on your patient list that needs a life-changing surgery that can't afford it? And I want to donate that money to that person. And, and I want everybody who's contributed to know about it, but I don't want the person who's receiving to know about it because I just want to inspire people to say that, you know what? I know that often we, we raise money and we raise things for people that we do know because we love and care about them. But what if we did that for everybody in the world? What if we were the people that just supported everybody to create their life-changing operations or whatever they needed in their life and truly inspire that? So my mission through the money that I'm earning is to create kindness movements and I want to do that through building a school in a third world country and teaching them about business and personal development and the curriculum to let them know that they're not bound by their circumstances and that they can't arise through that with within their means not without their means and I think a lot of people rely on that so I want to I want to elevate the thinking of the world I want to support people in that space and so money facilitates that it's a conduit uh, being able to do that and so therefore I would need to grow my business I don't even pay myself a lot <laughs> I pay myself like peanuts for my business I like everything in my business comes out of my business goes back into the business because I'm so driven by helping people create that change and create a kindness movement Man, I've got chills absolutely chills all right final question is there anything that you'd like to leave the audience anything that you that you think would be like valuable Whatever you do, whatever you do in life, do not ever abandon your dreams. There's so many reasons why you can. There's so many people who tell you that you won't achieve them. And there's so many of that that's happening in the world. But you have got what it takes. Or even if you don't feel that right now, you do know people that knows how you can get there to get what it takes. And so instead of abandoning, find a way because you don't know whose life you're going to change. You don't know the client that's going to get on a call with you and will say, thank you so much. I was feeling suicidal, but because of this call, you have saved my life. And so we don't know the power that we hold unless we allow ourselves to step into the power. We don't know how strong we are until we lift the weight that we can and, and measure ourselves from that point. And so allow yourself the opportunity to see what you're truly made of. If you're on a health journey, give yourself the opportunity to truly feel what it's like to be healthy. If you're on a coaching journey, give yourself the opportunity to know what it's like to truly run your business and don't make a decision around what you want to do unless you've completely experienced it because otherwise you're making a decision based on things you don't even know. And what would be the point of that? So my thing is just continuously strive to be able to actualize your dream because there's so many dreamers in this world. There's so many dreamers in this world and I don't ever want to die being a dreamer. I want to live it. 
And so you've got the opportunity right now to live it if you choose to. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was fire. Love that. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolute goals. Goals. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Hey, superstars, how cool was that? I told you it was going to be fire. So Lisa, just want to say thank you very much. I appreciate your time, your value, your energy. Oh, just so much absolute gold in there. All right, guys, these are my key takeaways. I've had to write them down. Normally, I just say them because I can remember them, but there were so many. So I've got about 10 points here. All right, number one is Lisa's energy. So the first time that we met on an NLP training back in October, November, one thing that really stood out was her energy and the way that she played full out. So what I think to myself, if that's the way that she's you know, playing full out when we're training, just imagine when it's game time and what she's doing for her clients as well. Right, number two was being her authentic self or for us to be our authentic selves, but actually fully, because we always want to belong to like a, a group. So if we are fully our authentic selves, then people are gonna be naturally drawn to us. All right, number three is what is holding us back? What is holding us back? What beliefs are we hanging on to? So Lisa mentioned that she had a money story which was brought down from her parents as well. So I want you guys to remember or think, is there anything that might be holding you back as well? All right, number four is, So don't use the past as a reference point. So Lisa gave the example of, you know, like when you're driving and then you're looking in that rear view mirror. And if you keep doing that, then eventually you're gonna crash. So don't keep looking back. All right, number five is trust and believe in yourself because action comes before confidence. So trust and believe yourself because action comes before confidence. All right, the next one is number six. So this is what Lisa um, coaches her her clients on. So there's three points. So number one was fear. So helping her clients to get over that fear. Number two is having the willingness for them to find a way. So if they need to come up with the money for for coaching or if there's something that, that is, you know, challenging them, so having the willingness and the determination to get over that and then the third point was having like a system or a coach to be able to show you how the steps to get you from where you are now to where you want to be all right so number seven is uh, a Maya Angelou quotes which I absolutely love so when you know better you can do better when you know better you can do better I absolutely love that one And uh, this is the most important thing. So she said for coaching, this is the most important thing to her, which is integrity. So if you're telling your clients or showing your clients that you should do this and that and this, and you're not doing it yourselves, then you're not not being congruent. So I know, because I'm connected to a lot of coaches, there's a lot of coaches out there, so I'm definitely not gonna call anybody out, that, um, that are not congruent. So they're saying one thing to the clients, but they're not actually doing it themselves. And that is, yeah, that's not cool. All right, the next one is, all right, number nine. So Lisa mentioned that um, she wasn't fulfilled by money anymore. So she'd do like a 30K deal or she'd sign, you know, like a, she'd have a 30K day and it'd be like, oh, no, it's just like drinking like a, a glass of water but then she found that what really fulfills her is her client's success 
So seeing her clients succeed. All right, last one, number 10 is, oh man, this was the last thing that she said, is don't abandon your dreams. Don't abandon your dreams. Make sure that you find a way. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. It was one of my favorites. Lisa, you are amazing, truly amazing. 